This teaching is brought to you by Christian Family Church International. Hallelujah. I'm so glad I serve a live Christ. That was excited. Wow. We serve a mighty God. They, they told me to wait for a movie introduction first. Where's that? All right, take your seats, please. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for letting me come, Pastor. You must really trust me. All right, turn your Bibles, please, to the book of John, chapter 17. Woo! Johannes Wolfstag 17. Amen. John 17. John wrote his book much later in life. The other, the other Gospels are written. He was a young man when he met Jesus. They're all younger than, than the Lord. They're all younger than, than Jesus. He was Sith. Jesus was 30 years old. The disciples were all younger. And uh, John was about 19 when he met Jesus, but he was very impressionable. And he tabulates this prayer, this chapter 17, is the prayer of the Lord as he's coming to the end of his ministry. And he prays to the Father, and particularly in verse 4, I want to note, Jesus said, I have brought you glory on earth by completing the work you gave me to do. He hadn't died yet, but he could pray to the Father. He finished his work. For three years, Jesus worked, or three and a half years, labored in the kingdom bringing about the kingdom of God, and he knew he had to die to buy us, to pay that price and spend, to give his blood for us, but he came to establish a kingdom, and we are that kingdom, we are, we are part of that kingdom, and we have a special mandate from God to share and to carry that kingdom. A few days ago, I was, or a few weeks ago, I was asked by text while in the States from someone here that asked me, what is the Lord showing you? We're having these riots in South Africa, so I really sought the Lord, and the list of the Lord told me. He said the very few people that cause all this trouble, only a few, very small percentage, it was designed by the devil to create fear. Where fear is, and my pastor Theo has always told me, where fear is, then faith is absent. Fear, and so he always says striving, and fear kicks the faith out. So, Understand this, the devil can put fear anywhere in your life. He can stop the church functioning. We are God's authority on the earth. Jesus said, I confer upon you a kingdom. We have a responsibility to this continent and to the world to preach the gospel and to be people to stand in faith. And so when the devil tries to intimidate us, we don't back down. So we stand and we spiritually declare when the devil tries to declare something through some actions of violence, we declare and take authority spiritually. Are you hearing what I'm saying? He has no authority. Even the devil has his limits. He cannot do things. He said, Jesus said, the devil's asked you, Peter, to sift you. He couldn't just do it. He had to ask. He always has to ask. He's an accuser. He has to get permission. God is fully in control. You need to understand that. Now, I remember Peter as he as Peter was one of the 12 disciples, 
and his temperament trying so hard to please the Lord Jesus, so hard. And when Jesus asked who the men say that I am, he said, you are the son of God, which excited the Lord because it was hard for Jews to comprehend that after praying thousands of years, that blessed be the Lord our God, who is one God, here are Israel, one God, suddenly had a son. So when Peter got the revelation of Jesus being the son of God, it was a great breakthrough, great breakthrough. So he began to explain and tell his whole future in the ministry why he's come. He was fully aware of what was waiting for him and the suffering he had to do to establish a kingdom. And then when Peter, with spiritual as he was to recognize the Son of God, said, this won't happen, Jesus says, I re- get behind me, Satan. And he wasn't talking to, to Peter, but what was coming through him. And the devil was talking, trying to intimidate Jesus once again to create fear or alternative ways. The devil's always so subtle to try and distract you. I'm amazed in the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, how much Jesus refers to the devil and the enemy. I don't glorify him, but he's a true adversary, and he has to be under our feet and take authority of him and not be foolish to his, his, his snares and his plans and schemes. We have a full authority over him. We're here for the kingdom cause, and we're here to establish God's kingdom and be God's, God's representative for his kingdom. We are here for that reason. Can you say amen to that? Thank you. Now, when Peter said, no, this will never happen to you, Jesus used these words to him. He said, get behind me, Satan. You don't, Peter, you don't have the things of God at heart. It's kind of troubling to me that we, don't, may, we may love the Lord and, and have a spiritual revelation, and not have the things of God at heart at all times. Whenever we make a decision, it has to always be to consider what God's purpose is. When we have the kingdom cause, the kingdom purpose at heart, then we consider everything we do, how it would affect the kingdom of God, because we represent the kingdom of God. Everyone in this room, not one person's here by chance today. The Holy Spirit carefully brought each one of you here. You may have had other plans or had to make the rearrangements, but God had designed you to be here because you are chosen by God. You didn't choose Him. He chose you. And He's chosen to use you. And I tell you, the Lord used the people, the 12 disciples He picked on any different to you and I, the human failings, human nature but God used them because he picked them and he empowered them and he's empowered us we just need to know the devil's so sneaky if he can keep the information away from us then he can bring fear to us now when you rebuke the devil and you bind him and use the name of Jesus he knows if you believe what you're saying or not with the sons of Sceva, they, they said, in the name of Jesus who Paul serves, come out. And they said, well, the, the devil said, I know Jesus and I know Paul, but I don't know who you are. He knows if you really believe or not. So if you're not enlightened about the kingdom of God and your role to play in it, then you don't stand in authority and do what God's called you to do. Now, every day you work and have people around you and circumstances. Every day you have an opportunity to express God's kingdom. And my heart's appeal to you today is to have the kingdom of God at heart. Jesus said, I have done everything you gave me to do because he was fully aware of what God had given him. And he rehearsed it and refreshed himself daily. This lifestyle of the Lord Jesus, that's clearly the same pattern in every day of his life. Three things that was very familiar he did that was stunning. He would teach consistently to bring understanding to his people of his kingdom constantly, hour after hour. And he prayed a lot. You'd think that there's one person that didn't to pray as long as he did would be Jesus. But he spent entire nights praying, and sometimes in the morning, disciples looking for him. Where is he to be found? Back at the prayer, the prayer place. 
praying again. He always was in constant contact because he said, I don't do anything the Father hadn't told me to do. I don't do anything he hadn't shown me to do. I do everything. How do you know what he's got you to do? How, do you, how are you sure you're always doing what he wants? Because he spends so much time with him. He's always got a checklist going. So when he prays in John 17 verse 4, I have done all you gave me to do is because he knew what he was given to do and he was doing just that. Now everyone in this room has a task and a calling and a purpose from God. And I hope that you know what it is. I hope you're not doing good things that are not necessarily God things. I hope you're not so busy working for God and not doing what He actually asks you to do. Because I want to hear when I'm done, well done, Ed Trout. I don't want to hear, oh, well. I abandoned long time ago any career or ministry progress or ambition. I just want to please Him every single thing I do, every decision I make. And I tell you, a lot of Christians are born again, but not everyone's given their lives to Him yet. Because while you're making your own decisions, your life's not His yet. <laughs> Sometimes you'll ask the Lord and you've made up your mind already. Your life's not His yet. And the best place for you to be, the best place on earth is not Disneyland. Is in the presence and the purpose of God, what God's planned for you. And we are here for the kingdom cause and the kingdom purpose, and God's given you a specific task. I hope you know. If you don't, then start searching. Start calling on the Lord, asking to show you what must do. However simple it might be, not one task is greater than the other. They all have a role to play. One's a hand, one's a foot, one's an arm. Each one has a task and a role to play. Does not value one. What makes it valuable is when you do it with the right attitude, the right heart, the right motive, and you do it fully with every ounce of your strength as unto the Lord. It, God will bless it with you cleaning the toilets or winning souls to Christ. You're doing whatever God asks you to do, He rewards you for that. When God found David a man at his own heart, it wasn't because he could pray, could worship, or he was a strong, clever man, red-haired. No, it was because the Scripture says, because I found, a, I found David a man at my own heart, Acts 13, 22, because he will do everything I ask him to do. Jesus said, now glorify me because I have done what you've asked me to do. I thought I was like that, but I've found out that I hardly ever always hear everything he says, let alone do everything he says. Sometimes some of the things are so easy to do, we keep putting them off. We don't get to it. We don't always do it. And I tell you, you, you might not like the, the teaching on tithing or giving, but that's the lowest form of obeying God. If you can't tithe, you can't obey him with much else. And that's the truth. I can only tell you the truth because I want you to know the truth. If they're talking about tithing and giving offends you, it's because you're not a giver. I always tell pastors, teach on giving because if the people get offended at it, they're not giving, you're not losing money anyway. They're not giving. So you may as well just keep teaching for those that do give that they can get faith to receive. Are you hearing me? I only care about one thing. All I eat, sleep, and drink now is the kingdom of God. What's going to further God's kingdom? And this church always excites me because we have one focus, to lift him up and to build his kingdom. And this, this family of God, we're not perfect, we are redeemed, and we are building God's kingdom. Is that true? So when they bring on their rights or their negative talk, we change it right away because we know what the Lord says. We are more than overcomers, we are victors. And we're going to have the same prayer. Lord, bless me as I've done all that you asked me to do. I've done everything. Do you know what God's given you to do? Have you got a checklist? Are you aware of what God has asked you to do? And are you doing it? Or did you get distracted and get off target? Sometimes people work so hard, they're exhausted working for God. And I tell you, His yoke is easy and light. If you're working hard, it's not His yoke. It's somebody else's, but not His. 
His, his work is fun. When he gives you a task, it is such joy because you're doing it for him. Are you hearing me? You can't be disappointed if you're working for God and gets hurt and disappointed because you shouldn't be doing it for someone else anyway. He's doing it for him. Are you hearing me? Jesus asked Peter, do you love me, Peter? Yes, Lord. Then feed my sheep. You don't feed a sheep because they're cute, because they're fluffy, because they're needy, or because you're gifted or talented or going to Bible school. You feed a sheep because you love him. And they can't disappoint you, burn you, hurt you because you're doing it for God. And if whatever they do is their problem, but you did what God asked you to do. Am I right? I want to finish my race well, and I want you to be there too. Measure yourself every day. Only fools measure themselves with each other. The scripture says in 2 Corinthians 10, you have to measure yourself by the purposes of God given you that you can fulfill your task in the kingdom of God. Everyone in this room has a role to play. There's nobody called to spectate but to participate. We don't compete and to, and with each other. One's better than the other. One can preach better. One can prophesy better. One can do better and there's no such thing we're not in competition we're a family we work together are you hearing me we we get thrilled when someone's prospered or blessed to do something we're not envious we're excited because we all all get this together we're one family are you hearing me Jesus prayed in that same chapter, Father, five times, Father, make them one. It is imperative for us to be united. The devil knows it, and that's why he fights at unity. He's always accusing, trying to divide, bring accusation, trying to find some way to get someone offended. Oh, those offenses, they come so easily because you're not dead yet. If you can't be offended if you're dead, when they threw a spear in the side of Jesus, he didn't go, oh, that hurt. He was dead. So when people offend you and you go, ouch, I don't like it, I'm hurt, I'm offended, God looks down and he says, that person's not dead yet, another spear, please. And when you feel like a stuck pig, it's because you just won't die. When you're dead to yourself, you can't feel the pain. You've got to belong to Jesus and do what he's called you to do. We have a task to do. We are tasked by God. I don't care if you male, female, black, white, fat, thin, you tasked of God. We are God's people called by his name. And God singled you out before the world began. And we have a job to do. You must know exactly what your task is to do. Don't do it because someone else doesn't. You like what they're doing. And it looks like a good job. No, do what God's called you to do. That's the best job that God has for you. I have done all you gave me to do. He said, now glorify me, Father. Because I did it. I went through a checklist. I did done, done, done. He knew exactly what he was called to do. There's nothing more satisfying, more fulfilling, more more complete than doing exactly what the Lord asked you to do. Can I have one amen in this place, please? I don't know why they put me on first. I'd rather sing or dance. Go ahead. Thank you. <laughs> no, you don't want me to sing. I'm going to sing. When, I, when I sing, my wife says, honey, prophesy, prophesy. <laughs> Never could understand that why. Jesus said to the devil, get behind me. He's so subtle. When he comes, he tries to even camouflage some of his tricks because he's out to stop you. He's trying to stop you in your task and your job, and he'll use subtle things to distract you. If you're not in tune, in harmony with the Holy Spirit, or in Bible language, walking in the Spirit, but you get to get in harmony with the Lord. It's like a tuning fork. When you hit that fork, if that guitar over there has the same note on it, that string is finely tuned, it'll begin to vibrate without you touching it because it's the same note. When you're in harmony with God, you don't have to pray down the heavens because you're really, really in tune. When Paul was a, not in harmony with God, he needed a blinding light to get back, to get on track and get saved. While he was in tune with God, he needed just a very nudge. He said, I have only a gut feeling I'm supposed to go to Jerusalem. I'm just compelled by the Spirit. I don't know, what, I don't know what's waiting for me. You're just a small 
all nudge in the right direction. When you're walking with the Lord and in harmony with Him and doing everything He asks you to do, just little gentle nudges keeps you there. Not mega blinding lights and visions and dreams, just this gentle nudges when you're walking in harmony with Him. But you must maintain your relationship. There is nothing more important than your personal relationship with the Lord. Nothing. Nothing. It's my greatest concern is that in America is the detachment of Christians from relationship with the Lord. It disturbs my spirit that they go through all the motions of Christianity and I can tell that there's no harmony. When you sit down and talk, this, the Lord's not even in the conversation. I don't know how you can not talk about someone you love. I don't know how that you can I try, but it, has, it comes out of me all the time. I can't help myself because all I think about is him. There's no one like him. Nobody. You guys are cool, but he's much cooler. Are you hearing what I'm saying? We serve a mighty God, and this is going to be an outstanding conference. We have anointed speakers. You must expect the unexpected because our God is so fresh and new. Don't tell me it's not like last year's conference. You bet it's not like last conference or the one before because God's not boring. One day he writes on the wall, the next day through a burning bush, another day he speaks through a donkey. He's got something new each time you come. Are you hearing me? We serve a mighty God. I am so blessed by my pastors, they, not by the... They're teaching only in the anointing of their lives, but the example, I've watched them over the years now. It's almost 30 years. I've known them in the early 90s, and their life, I've always marveled how Pastor Theo never panics. It's the most amazing thing. On the phone with him, and I'm telling him my concern. I'm really worried, Pastor. He says, Ed, you need to calm your voice down because you don't sound like you're in faith. What do you mean, Pastor Theo? I am in faith. I'm believing God. <laughs> At least my Pastor Bib and I have the same similar. We get along. <laughs> Pastor Theo is too calm for me sometimes. We have one conversation. I'm reading the third topic. He's still with the first one. <laughs> We're all different. But what a wonderful pastor with pastors we have. And friends, I'm not here to boost them or tell them how wonderful they are. I mean it from my heart. The reason why I'm telling you this is, in my journey and serving the Lord 40 years, and I'm not one of those sweet little Christians. I'm from a Jewish family. I like it real. And I've watched the, their lives and all over the world. I've seen a lot of good Christians gifted. But I look for people that really are, got the real deal. They're real Christians. And I've found pastors that are real. They are real. I've watched them in their lives. And there are some people sitting here that I've also marveled at. The Christian walk has given me such hope and courage. So if you're not in this church and looking for a church, you've found a good one. You've found a really good family of God that's real. Thank you, Pastor, for being such a good pastor to me all these years. I appreciate it very much. We are called of God to be a testimony in this nation. Every time there's something, some storm happens, you need to get excited because the Lord loves the storms. In fact, he designs them so he can be glorified. He told his disciples, I want you to get in this boat with me. We're going to the other side. And he knew there's going to come a storm. Oh, yes, he did. A storm was waiting for them. And he thought, well, why don't you go through the storm? Let me take a nap so I don't get too involved. It's the funniest thing. The funniest thing with the Lord about that, when Christians get in the storm, we always think we did something wrong. The devil's attacking us. They never think they're in the storm because the Lord sent you there. Right? They're in the storm because Jesus said, let's go to the other side. Did he know there's going to be a storm? Yeah. <laughs> he was sleeping. Just when He didn't leave you. He said he wouldn't leave, but he was sleeping. It's like when you're praying, God, help me, help me. Nothing's happening. Nothing's happening. He's calm like Pastor Theo. Calm. And we're just banging the board out, help us, help us. And he, and he calms the storm and he says, you still have no faith. 
Why did he say you still have no? Because he'd been teaching it all day. And he wanted to see now how much they've learned. Are they just hearing and hearing and hearing and not getting anywhere? And God often puts us through something or watches through a calamity how we've responded with all the input. Lazarus died. And he, Jesus didn't hurry. He was down in the valley near the dead sea. And he said, he said uh, Lazarus is asleep. He will, not, just not, he will not die. It's going to be okay. And so days went by, and, they sent, and he said, we better go now. He's fallen asleep. Well, if he's asleep, he'll recover. No, no, he died. Let's go. And he went, goes up to Jerusalem, to uh, Bethany. And he said, he said, I'm glad for your sake I was not there, that you may believe. Thanks, Jesus. You know, you suffered. You didn't, didn't die comfortably. It wasn't fun. I'm glad you were okay with all that uh, because you're supposed to be your friend, right? And he gets there, and Martha says, you should have been here. Martha's the one he rebuked for not being spiritual. And they're going through this crisis for days now. He's dead for days. And then Martha says, but you should have been here. But even now, I know if you pray, God hears you. What? You really believe that? Yes, sir. Well, you know that he's going to rise again. Yes, I'm the resurrection. He'll... No, I'm the resurrection. And they have this, this conversation. And he's so excited about Martha's progress that he sits, uh, he sits down and says, go call Mary. And Mary's got a different reaction. She says, you should have been here. My brother wouldn't have died. Am I finished already? Okay. Uh, sorry. I'm getting... This is the first time I'm doing this like this. So, <laughs> I'm supposed to prophesy too? Oh, thank you. Gosh, imagine, modern world. Thank you. Am I supposed to prophesy too or just teach? Whatever I want. <laughs> Don't say that. Don't say that. <laughs> so Mary gets there, and she says, you should have been here. My brother wouldn't have died. But there was no miracle left in her. And he was, the Bible says he responded differently. He was very disappointed. He was concerned, heavy in spirit, because... She'd been in church every Sunday, spiritual, but she didn't get it. And so God will put us through storms or allow things in our lives to watch how we respond because we're growing and becoming more kingdom, useful, friendly, and we've got to, we've got to do it right. Do you hear what I'm saying? So when something happens in our nation, when there's a shakeup of some kind or some panic, we don't panic. We don't panic. What the devil steals, he's got to give back seven, seven times. What the devil means for your evil, God's got a plan. He's going he's gonna to get so scared about touching you because it means he, it's going to cost him more. Do you hear what I'm telling you? And we start declaring over this country, I have every confidence. I, I, I tell you what I hear from the Lord is this president you have, his hand of God is on Mr. Ramaphosa. I feel it, I feel it, I feel it. I, can't, I don't know much. I only know what the Lord told me. The hand of the Lord's upon him. God is doing some great things. I don't know what, what all he's doing, but this is only the beginning. You will see great things still. God has not closed his eyes. Boy, you guys are excited. Jeez, thank you. God is able. Do you believe that with all of your heart? So I know that this nation has great future. Don't anybody tell you? People panic and they get all kinds of negative talk amongst themselves. We're the salt of the earth and the light of the world. No Muslim is going to really help you. No Hare Krishna, no Buddhist. But those that love the Lord and that believe in God, that have faith, will see God's glory. Amen. Thank you. One person believes me. Thank you. All right. God is good. Thank all the time. God is good, and the devil can just go to hell. Amen. I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop, Pastor. Come. I'm done, and it's you me to prophesy.
I've got six minutes. And we pro- okay, well. Then thank you, Pastor. I'm always afraid my pastor's here. It's, my, it's like daddy's in the house, you know. Like, but he's very good to me. I must be honest, very good. We have lunch together, and that's the best part. We always have lunch together. Hallelujah. I'll reorder for him because I know he gets the same thing every time. No flavor. Long as there's no flavor. <laughs> same plates, yeah. Mm-hmm. They really know him in the restaurant. It's quite comical. All right. Thank you, Jesus. Sumarakaboshita. There's a man right in front of me, the blue shirt, uh, darker tan, sitting by himself, sitting. Yeah, please stand quickly and tell me your name, your blood type, and your bank account. <laughs> Devin? Your name is Devin? What do you do for a living? Quickly, sir. I'm an operations manager. You're, there's a business inside of you that God has planned and promised you for years, and it's in your, been in your family for a long time that that gift to do business, and God's going to bless you in business. He's going to cause you to have your own business. Uh, you, you, you didn't always succeed in everything, and so you learn to be comfortable where you are now, your management thing, but that's not who you called. You meant to have your own business. You're very smart, in, in, and, and God has really... <laughs> so, so the Lord is going to bless you. He's got, he's got your number. There's a lot of changes going on in your family right now, and uh, he, he's re... He's, he's, re, he's restoring some things that have taken a real knock in your family, and he's rebuilding the walls. And you're going to move from one house. You didn't finish one house. You're building something. You didn't finish it, but you moved to another home. God's got something else, nothing planned for you. So this is a very exciting time. You've got a wonderful heart. People don't always take you seriously, but they'll, some of the guys that laughed at you, you'll employ. Amen. Thanks. Thank Hallelujah. This fellow with a wonderful haircut with a black jacket, second row. Sir. Yes, tell me your name. Mark Movies. From Mark. South Africa, but live in America. That's not, okay, what are you doing in America? I am currently doing uh, network marketing, and then I'm an itinerant speaker as well. Okay, that, that's good. Uh, the Lord's asking you not to look back and to forgive some people that said the wrong things to you spiritually that didn't help you and, and deepen your heart. You said it didn't matter because you pulled yourself together, but actually did it, it really affected you deep inside of your heart. It, you're trying to prove a point, and God says, shake it off, because you don't need to impress them. If people change, they're fickle, they change all the time. It's me, in my opinion, you must be considered about, because you're born for greatness, and you always felt the call, you always felt the anointing in your life, and you're doing this as a, not a compromise, but as a secondary, but really you're called for the things of God, first and foremost. And so whether, you, whether you're ready for it or not, I see the Lord planting you but the, the key is to let go and to forgive those that said unwisely because it's all part of the journey that you know you'll rely on what he says but dependent upon what God says not what man says that's what separates us you went through a very nasty storm and the Lord brought you through and he gave you victory upon victory and the devil's never going to triumph over your family you have one person in your family you're concerned for now and you keep fighting a battle and you keep speaking confidently over them but the Lord says I'm intervening supernaturally I'm intervening but you must stand back let me take care of it that's God's promise thank you so much I still have three minutes pastor hallelujah Bill I'm taking my three minutes okay the, the man with, the, with all the muscles must have got it from wolves, from spar. The spar muscle man. Is your wife next to you? Yeah. Are you as strong as you look? No. Good. Stand up, wife, quickly, quickly. I've got, I've got three minutes exactly. What's your, what's your name? Ari van der Berg. Ari. Ari. 
I said, Hastakhub, Hanit Hari Hari. Okay, so what is your name? Are you standing there? Annette. Stan Yeh, yeah. Okay, Annette, okay. And what will it be? You know, but. Wonderful. You know what's going to be? A human. Yes, a human. Thank you so much. Hari Bat Ma, keep it a lever. I've got an online car dealership starting to do planning for a physical one. Okay, I, I feel very excited about you because you've shaken off all the things that you've been through. You have reason to be negative or frustrated about some things or even offended, but you shook all that off. You didn't let it affect you, you just genuinely dealt with it. And what you come here and you hear the word and you are literally growing day after day. The word is really having its effect on you. You've made very good godly decision. You had two paths. You could have chosen a path of bitterness and anger, but you chose a path of righteousness. And you will have the, the fruit and the rewards of that God's promise to you. God wants you to build an entire complex where you will have many people working for you because you have a heart to lead and to fix and to straighten things out. You're calm and collected and, you'll, and you're very disciplined in certain areas and you'll help people. As for you, my sister, you everything he needs. Sometimes you don't feel like you're enough. You're more than enough for him more than enough you're a major blessing you and i'm so sorry for what you've been through you won't always appreciate it but you are celebrated now and he really he you have spiritual guidance more than you think you do you really are a blessing you hear from god you have a gift inside of you and god's on your side god's restoring and repairing many things in your family he doesn't need your help step aside he's taking care of it thank you so much and i have one minute left i think i can cut it i can cut it now come on who's next i Thank you for joining us during this episode of Living Life with Dr. Theo and Bev Volmerantz. We hope that through this inspired teaching, you had an encounter with God. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of Apostle Theo and Dr. Bev Volmerantz and would like to enjoy more resources, we hope you will visit our website at www.christianfamilychurch.co.za or for our American listeners, www.christianfamilychurchsa.com.